Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Well, good morning, Mars and Bernie. We are back for a second time. We brought the Terminator back with us today, only no more Terminator sounds. So, Mars, Dorian, we're delighted to have you back, friend. You're an artist, an entrepreneur, and just a kick-butt guy. So, welcome back to the show, Mars. Well, again, like I, I can't wait to share all the fire within me, and I hope it's going to be one valuable 20-minute or 25-minute, or however it will take, right, for the audience. Yeah. Absolutely. We're very excited, and Bernie has the pleasure this morning of doing the introduction of, do you know, do you know, do you know Mars? Bernie, <laughs> to you. Indeed, I do. Thank you, Phil, and thank you, Mars, for being so flexible and uh, scheduling us on the show for a second time. Um, but that's to be expected in the digital world, right? <laughs> Comes with the territory. Exactly, exactly. And, and I'm sure we'll kind of touch on that because, you know, we talk about fear, we talk about obstacles and challenges standing in the way, especially in the digital world that we live in. But Mars, what's so interesting about you and the reason why we hand-selected you for the show is because, you know, we have a mutual friend in Strainy, the uh, founder and host of Blogcast FM, which we've mentioned more than a million times on this show. I'd be very rich if I, if I, made, if I made a dollar for every time I mentioned Strainy. Um, but 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 Srini mentioned many times before in in tweeting and Facebooking and in a, a previous interview he had with a few people he mentioned you Mars being an unmistakable artist and so of course I do what I always do with people when I'm intrigued I start stalking you and I'm like okay who is this guy what's he all about what you know what is this unmistakable thing and indeed I mean your artistry and now on top of that the way you run your business. Business, uh, in terms of the way you write and the way you you know publish marketing copy is so unique um, so we're gonna ask you a lot of questions today not only about you know where this artistry comes from but in terms of your life story how are you able to overcome some of the challenges and fears that you had to face throughout your lifetime so with that you know welcome again Mars and, and, <laughs> and please take it away and let's start with the unmistakable artist. If you could kind of take us through, how did you become something like that? What does that mean to you? Well, honestly, I'm still working on the unmistakable part. The thing is, you know, a lot of people tell you, like, passion is uh, pretty much the core of every creative, and you only need passion. But truth is, like, the reason why I work the way I work and the way I create my art is actually based on fear. Because my mother is actually a, a, a painter, and she had built like her own creative career like since she was in her early 20s, right? And she's making good money, but she's still struggling at times because she has a studio, she has a flat, and she, you know, it's tough in the art world. Sometimes you make a lot of money and sometimes you don't. 
And I thought, like, you know, she's now in her 60s, and I think, like, holy crap, like, she has the people skills, she makes good art, she has all those skills, but she still has a rough, rough time, right? So if I really want to make it, and she has just local competition in the town, I'm going to face, like, global competition. Like, I have to do something or work towards something that is so different and so my style that I will even have a chance to survive in that climate. You know, you know that that's amazing that you talk about that because you know when when we at least people in my world think about the word artist, right, or artistry, we think about the painter, right? But but we don't think about the entrepreneurs, right, <laughs> who who write books or who blog or who do shows like this or you know create digital products. I mean, you name it, everything. Everybody has the ability now to create content. So we're all artists in our own right. So I, I think it's very intriguing that you bring up that point of well, with my mom who's actually an artist, a painter, and she's still kind of a starving artist at times. Holy crap, how much more difficult is it for people like us who are going against everybody in the in this mm -hmm. digital world that we live in? So 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 how do you combat that? What is your solution for that, Mars? Well what I try to do and I'm still far away from that, but that is my direction, is that you really focus on pretty much owning your style, right? You, you, look at, you look at a specific market that you want to be part of and you really ask yourself like how do you fit in that market, right? Uh, what most people I think do wrong, and let's not say wrong, but ineffectively is like they just copy someone successful and they just copy everything about that style and they just make a, a cheap ass version of that, right? And I think you should really check out like, okay, I want to go, I don't know, in the illustration business. Uh, there's so many illustrators worldwide, right? How do I stand out? Well, maybe I don't uh, capture the whole market. Maybe I just focus on the social media and business marketing aspect of that, right? What I do, right? I don't compete with fantasy illustrators or I don't compete with, I don't know, New York Times uh, uh, book illustrators or stuff like that, right? Most of my clients come from the business world, startups and social media, and there are almost no illustrators in that realm. That's why I thought, you know, I'm a good blogger. I know those people have a lot of connections. Let me strike this group and be the best that I could possibly become in that uh, uh, market. I love that. So basically where we have the tendency to say, okay, well, here's what I'm good at. So for me, my background is in sales. Okay, mm. so I'm good in sales. What we typically think of is we need to go somewhere where all salespeople go and we need to be a part of that industry. We need to be a part of that market. But now we're drowned out by people that we're competing against. Whereas you, you took your artistry, you took your skill, you're an artist, you're a cartoonist, you're an illustrator, and you went somewhere completely different so yes. that you could stand out as the subject expert, I mean, as the expert in your subject matter area, that's how you were able to stand out in a marketplace that had money to pay for what you had to offer, right? <laughs> and it's, it's not just like being like a creative prostitute, I actually like that area. Like, <laughs> and I don't, that's just it, yeah. I, love, yeah. I, don't, I don't like really fantasy, I don't like uh, special magic powers and stuff, what other people like to illustrate. So I really like technology, I like uh, uh, you know business ideas, I like people who make stuff happening. So I want to really dominate in that market and there's really, I mean, there's not much competition. If I were really to compete with the whole illustration world, that would be at a loss. And so I, I combine what I love with what where there's a really uh, need at.
Right. Phil, I'm going to turn over to you because I heard Mars say something about, you know, being another version of other people. And you and I had an episode about that. I think you have a really good question for Mars that that's going to surface out of that. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I hope it's a good question. Um, and that is, how do you prevent yourself from becoming a 75th rate version of somebody else? I mean, that imposter syndrome sometimes kicks in. And how do you how do you kind of blow past that, Mars? I mean, that's that's awesome that you found a niche and you picked a, a good spot that needs you. But how do you avoid becoming like anybody else? Actually, that happened to me, right? And uh, uh, in my early beginnings, I tried to copy other people, and I wasn't successful at all because that wasn't really what I wanted to do. And it comes down to pretty much two things: 50 percent. You look at yourself and think about like, what is it that you're really interested in, and you pretty much make like a checklist of everything that combines you. For me, that would be um, blogging, branding, social media, technology in the future, right? And then you think about, all right, so what is your skill? So I, I, th I believe maybe I'm totally delusional here, but I think I have a visual eye for things, right? And I think like, how can I transform that? with my interest and create something of value, right? Instead of looking at another uh, uh, superstar designer where I think like, oh, I like he makes so much money, let me just replicate that, right? I just focus on all those bullet points that I make up for myself and then I look for a, a market that could actually, where I could combine all those skills under one umbrella and then look for those, for that market niche that actually could really use those skills and you combine it. Yeah, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. And, and you, but that, that really means excluding somebody else, right? I mean, you're not, you're most, not for everyone. You, you actually, you, you exclude most of them. Like, uh, my market is actually very small, but thankfully, like, people in that realm have actually money, right? And so if I'm, uh, I get a lot of followers on SlideShare, which is a huge content platform for sharing visual presentations. So I get clients from that. I get clients through my blog and now through like word of mouth, like what Srinivas is doing. And it's really like those people are interested in that because they don't know anyone. They know like maybe comic book illustrators, but they're in a completely different world almost, right? So that's really the way to go. And it's really focusing on yourself. And I, some people call it like selfish, but I, I call it like being creatively selfish, where you really look at yourself and think like, this is what I am and I cannot change those things. So let me just find a way to, to make that valuable to someone else. I love that point that you bring up, Mar. Sorry, Phil. Um, no because I, I can't tell you enough how many times I hear this in my world of team coaching, and Phil, I'm sure you heard it too with your coaching and consulting, but I get people all the time who when they're just starting out, the first thing that they automatically want to do is how can I go do what everybody else is doing? How can I go be like everybody else and copy what everybody else is doing? And for me, I've been at this for close to five years now, and for me, the answer now, and Mars, correct me if I'm wrong, is you don't go copy what everybody's doing. You find that thing that, that you're very well known for, the thing that's, that sets you apart, that thing that you might even perceive as being a deficiency. For example, you know, I've talked about depression before. I used to hide that thing. So maybe now it's time to let that authentic voice come out and talk about depression, talk about all those things that you felt 
is what held you back, but maybe that's the thing that you should be standing out about. So, so Mars, what's your take on that? And then I think it would be a great segue for you to even talk about your digital product, the Outstander. Yeah, so, um, you know, the whole copying thing comes really down to fear, right? So you see someone that you like and he's he or she's successful and you just want to copy that because it's a sure thing or you so you think it is, right? But obviously it's not like we talked about and you know, it doesn't matter from which culture you come from, whether you're American or European, like society has a way of really putting like boundaries on you. They're really just in your head, really. It's like an, an invisible barrier that keeps you really tight in your place. And I figured that, you know, the more barriers you creatively break in your mind, meaning you're over, you pretty much overcome like the fear and you really overcome your own mediocrity, right? Your, your constant desire to kind of like fit in and not stand out, right? It really destroys your ability to be successful nowadays. And every month, like I'm pushing myself, asking myself, how can I create something that is like a bit more different than what I see, right? How can I... Uh, actually uh, read more content that is way different from what market I'm in so I have a fresh new mindset, right? I learn new languages, I go to new countries, I constantly challenge my mind to have such an original um, perception of things that everything that I will create will just have a way different taste than all the stuff that's out there. Wow, so, so um I'm going to talk about your product a little bit next, but but I, I want to talk about something that you briefly touched on, but that I really like, and you just wrote it about how to get clients without even trying. I thought I think that's really interesting, Mars, about how you said that you're lazy. And when I first heard that word, I'm like, shut up, right? I mean, come on, that's not true. But then I read the article and it made a lot more sense. Can, so can you talk to us about this laziness, Mars, and how this is really one of your keys to success? Yeah, so obviously when I say uh, I'm lazy, it doesn't mean like I'm like sitting on my fat ass just watching TV. I'm like... No, what I mean is like I don't want to hustle really to get work. I want to spend most of my time actually creating the work instead of like working my face off trying to get clients, right? Because all the time I spend on promoting and marketing, I, I, I miss on creating the work. I just want to do the work and have all the people come to me. So that's what I mean by lazy. Like, I don't want to spend any time marketing. It takes too much time. Uh, I just want to work. And um, I think that is the best way, right? I mean, word of mouth is really the best marketing from my perspective right now. That I know a lot of people in the creative realm that want to do, like, an online business, whether it's design info products or whatever, and they really have to push a lot. They have to constantly toot their own horn, they constantly have to send a message there, there, and there. And I always tell them, man, if that's really like what you have to do now, then what you're doing is not good enough or not original enough, it doesn't provide enough value because people are clearly not interested. You have to push people to get interested in that. And I think that's the ineffective way. So like I said before, I'm being original, right? Uh, finding the right market and really pushing yourself with every work that you do. You ask yourself, how can I make that work better next time? If it's a consulting, right? How can I learn more about psychology that I know that this kind of personality will be get much more value in the next talk, right? How can I learn more about how people work? How can I give them more value? Just constantly asking yourself to improve yourself 
in order to blow someone in a, a single consulting session so wait that I have to talk about another person, which then maybe hire you or not. Wow. So that so from that, that I think that naturally leads us to talk a little bit about your product here, Mars. Tell us tell us about this because I'm really fascinated by this because it's not your traditional book or ebook. It's really a system to really kind of shift your thinking and kick more ass. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the outstanding guide, you know, I wanted to create that two or three years ago, but you know, everyone creates their run of the mill ebook, it's like blah 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 blah. And I thought, you know what, I wanna make it differently. First of all, I wanna make it visual. So I have like 60, 70 illustrations and I think back in that time, like one year ago, now I would laugh and puke all over it probably because I'm so ambitious, but one year ago, it was the best that I could do back then, right? So it has a lot of illustrations. It's very uh, colorful and entertaining. And it's really about getting you into the mindset of um, focusing on everything that makes you be like a naked person in the sky, meaning people actually have to talk about you and they have to look at you and they want to share the story about you, which is all word of mouth, right? So for looking at everything that you do, like, it's a bit nuts because I like branding, but thinking about the value you offer, having a tagline that shows the value, maybe even having like a cool logo or a visual presentation that, that gives people the right idea and emotional effect that you want to have, and thinking about every tiny aspect that you can create pretty much a personal brand that, has, that feels like a whole world, right? That everyone who comes in contact with your brand it's like stepping into your world that is just so 100% you that they cannot stop buying more from you, working more for you, and spreading your news. I think that's so amazing, and, and I know we talked about this the first time we chatted with you, and I'd love to hear it again. Um, basically, you know, we, we talked about how you can take a, a creative person and you automatically assume that they're very right range. They're so creative that there's only one aspect to them. And with you, what is so intriguing is that you're very logical, very pragmatic, very practical, very, yeah. very business oriented as well. So I'm seeing, you know, this one part, you're all about mindset strategies and just being really philosophical and you really understand the psyche. And then the other part where you actually are true artist and a creative in your own right. Um, my greater question is, where does this all come from? Where, who are your resources? What sources do you go to? Who do you look up to? Give us, give us as much as you can in this time and talk about where did this come from? How did you learn all of this, Mars? Well, it comes back from necessity, right? Uh, I, I used to have a lot of pure artisty friends and they were all like, oh, I'm doing all this great art, illustration, writing, but I don't make any money, right? And then they say, you know, the, the state is so evil, like they don't give us a chance. And they keep on blaming everyone else, right? Because they're the poor artists toiling away for the art. And no one, the whole mean world doesn't pay attention, right? And at one point I said, you know what? Stop like blaming someone else. Maybe you should be more smart and learn ways to study art. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? And I, actually I lost contact with them because they were, I don't know, just they kept on crying, right? And I thought, like, in the beginning, I was the same. Blaming everyone else, just, I'm the poor victim. Cry, cry, cry. So, and then I thought, you know what? I have to learn this thing. Every artist, every creative person nowadays has the chance to deliver to the whole planet. 
but in order to achieve that, you have to have some business sense, right? So I, I bought like uh, psychological books like about human psyche and pretty much learned everything that I could about humans, how everything works, how colors work, how uh, talking to, uh, how I can pretty much like sell my work, how I can be effective persuading and stuff like that, right? So over the years, I learned all that stuff. I, I ran out there, I, I tested it with people, I have experiments where I talk to people and really try social experiments where I try, I go to a stranger girl and then ask her if I could drink her whole drink for free just in order to get my social skills ready. And I did that for years, right? And then I applied it online and it worked the more I learned about it, right? And I think like everyone who wants to be successful online should know human psychology, how the mind ticks, what anchors people, not really manipulation, you want to have a win-win situation, but just what makes people tick, right? And once I apply that not only to my business, but to my art as well, thinking about if I use this rat on this jacket, it's going to be more passionate and more aggressive. And if I want to have a soothing, calming effect, I'm going to use white and blue, right? And that really helps getting the clients, creating this kind of effect and really building that business. I think it's like a Jedi mind trick. I love it. I, and seriously, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, the word like being a student, like always constantly being a student, of, especially of, of the human business, if you will. Um, and, and it doesn't mean you have to always go to a, an institution that gives you conventional education. It's, it's having this yearning and the desire to go out and actually learn something, even if you have to learn on your own. Um, does that sound pretty accurate to you, Mars? Because I'm not sure what your, what your educational background is. I don't have any traditional uh, education. Uh, I always had a problem in school with the teachers and they, especially art teachers telling you how to be successful and they don't make money in the real art world. So I found it always very uh, pretentious and I hated authority so I, I didn't bother uh, uh, having formal education. I just like traveled uh, around the world, the school of life, even though that's Srini's branding. <laughs> and I, I, I taught everything myself, right? from. Uh, just asking people that I knew from conventions or like meetups to just using, you know, 30 bucks for an internet connection a month or less, depending which country you're in. And you have the whole world at your feet. Like traditional education is so outdated. The second day the committee approves something, it's already outdated because there's something else going on. So you can get everything for free pretty much in a library in online. And you constantly have to teach yourself new stuff. Psychology, business sense, programs, that software, there's lynda.com, there's so many sources. And if you do that, I mean, you can become like elite level in your market. I love it. So, you know, back to what you were saying before, stop making excuses, stop blaming external sources around you. You have the ability within you and resources all around you to help you get what you need to be successful. You just got to go out there and, and, and get it. Yes, exactly. And the, the, the major point that people have is I always thought it was laziness until the day I realized that laziness is a mild form of fear. Because lazy means you put something off that you should be doing now because you think it's going to give you short-term pain or the feeling of being uncomfortable, right? But what is fear? Fear is the anticipation of pain. So laziness is just a mild form of pain is being uncomfortable. And you really have to ask yourself, like, the safe job in a corporate setting, it's not safe anymore because people are getting fired left and right. 
And it's not even science fiction when you talk about robots being introduced in the workforce and algorithms taking over. And the safest thing you can do right now is really creating your own career through the help in the internet. I'm sorry for all the people who live in North Korea or China where that might be a, a struggle, but in, in much of the rest of the world you have that ability. And if you constantly learn and constantly challenge yourself, I mean over time, even if you fail like Forrest Gump on acid, like you'll find a way and you're going to make money and you'll be successful. That's awesome. Speaking of failing like Forrest Gump on acid, uh, Phil, <laughs> why don't you take it home, buddy, with the magic yeah. question? <laughs> yeah. So, so Forrest Gump of failure here. Uh, so tell us, right now, Mars, you talked a lot about fear, but right now, what are you afraid of? What's keeping you up at night? You told me a little bit about how you're very happy that you love most of your job. But there's some of it that you don't, of course. But what what's what's keeping you up? What's scaring the crap out of you? Well, obviously, uh, if you think about the future, the fear that um, because ev everything of my income is pretty much like on a roller coaster ride, right? I have really good months and then have a week that is really bad, and I'm like, oh no, one yesterday I'm king of the world, yeah, I'm. To my road to richness, and then next day or next week for two weeks, I don't get almost any traction, and then it comes all in, and it's like bam. So the fear is actually obviously like a, a fear of uh, not being uh, providing enough value that you don't have a job in the future, that no one wants to hire you, right? That you will reach that point where for some reason maybe you're not up to date anymore, or nobody needs your service, that people will just ignore you, and that you don't have income and that you will think about that five to nine. It's getting less and less every month because I know that the harder I work, the more I carve myself into that niche and the, the harder, the better I work at my skills and the, the bigger my network grows, the better that is. But it's a useful fear and I, I wish I will never uh, leave that. I, I hope it will stay with me for the rest of my life because it will keep me sharp that it will never make me complacent, sitting, watching cartoons all day, no. It will make me work every single day, even if I relax, right? Always knowing the future is not secure, be ready for it, hustle your face off. Wow, hustle your face off. That is awesome advice. Don't be <laughs> traditionally lazy, right? Work your butt off, find your niche, take radical responsibility for yourself and surround yourself with Good people, not cry, crying babies, or cry, cry, cry. Right, Mars? Yes. <laughs> oh, the world is so terrible. What should we And one more oh, too. And one more too. He and Mars said that keep the fear, keep the fear there, because that's what keeps you hungry, and that's what keeps you you hustling your ass off. Yeah, so, like fear. Yeah. It's a, it's a compass, really. People always say, I want to be fearless. No, you don't. It's so boring. If the fear, you know, excitement is a mild form of fear. And if you have that, it feels so good. You're alive and you're doing things and you're supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to uh, uh, stretch your butt muscles. You're so, supposed to get that body working. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Mars and Phil, I think you'd like this too. Mars, I think your next digital product needs to be some kind of like exercise product. You know what I mean? Because I could totally see you being out there like in front of the video exercising with your little like, you know, exercise band on your head. <laughs> 
get your ass muscles working, everybody. But anyway, uh, we love your enthusiasm, Mars. Uh, that's why we're so glad to have you back on the show today. Uh, with that, you know, we're going to have to close up, but um, I know we lost your lower third, but that's A-OK -okay because we got the video working this time. Mm. Can you tell our viewers and listeners where they can best find you and your work, Mars? Yeah, so MarsDoring.com. It's pretty much the mother base of all my actions. That's where I have my products and all the artwork, illustrations, and all the stuff that I do along with the blog post. Uh, you can reach me through email, marsdorian at gmail.com or Twitter at marsdorian. So there's just one marsdorian in the world right now, so it's easy to find myself on the Internet. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you from, for coming down from your planet uh, to spend a couple minutes with us here on Earth, Mars. We really appreciate it. Well, I, thank you, Ree, for letting me be part of your show. I like your show. I watched every episode. I really did. It's not just an American-friendly saying. I, wow. Every episode. <laughs> yeah, even the ones where you don't have any guests. Wow. Phil. <laughs> we have a film. <laughs> We have, one, we have one viewer. Yay! <laughs> and somebody is watching today, too. Okay, we have they two viewers. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Mars. Did you know The Shut Up Show has a store? Go to theshutupshow.com slash store and check out the awesome digital products we created just for you. Also, if you're a content creator, you've got to check out our sponsor, Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously, simple selling. Go check them out today.